You know me. No, I don't. Bucky, you've known me your entire life. Your name is James Buchanan Barnes. Shut up! I'm not gonna fight you. You're my friend. You're my mission. You are my mission. Then finish it, because I'm with you till the end of the line. Captain America, the Winter Soldier. You're listening to Writing Roots, brought to you by Aspen House Publishing. Welcome to Writing Roots. I'm Lee Hull. And I'm Lee Esses. Today, we are talking about brainwashing. Yes, this can happen in a domestic situation, but more often than not, you see this happen with POWs. You see this happen with governments and propaganda. You don't necessarily see this husband to wife. That kind of falls into the gaslighted category. Brainwashing, according to the Oxford Dictionary, is the process of pressuring someone into adopting radically different beliefs by using systematic and often forcible means. I want to point out something in that definition, and that was the adopting radically different beliefs. So the focus is on thought reform. There are a lot of ways to get somewhere where the person is thinking differently, but in the brainwashing aspect, You are scrubbing the brain and rewriting the information on that hard drive. If you want to get more into the process of brainwashing, like if that is part of your story, go to How Stuff Works. They have a good article on kind of the step-by-step process of brainwashing someone. Again, most of these are on a massive scale and happening to several people and being perpetrated by several people. One of the examples I think in fiction that fits this is the cult in The Line Between. It's a thriller by Tosca Lee. Of course, this applies to actual real-life cults as well, but the character's family was brought in and then over time brainwashed into believing that the leader of this cult was a prophet and that everything he said was law. If you're looking for the government on citizen type, 1984 has a lot of examples of how they did brainwashing on a propaganda scale. If you look at the Bourne Identity trilogy, Jason Bourne was brainwashed before he blanked out. And if you've read one of my first books out there, Black and White, basically everything that happens to Black is a method of brainwashing him into service for the bad guy. One of the most common misconceptions when it comes to brainwashing is the idea of subliminal messaging. You cannot brainwash someone with subliminal messages by watching a video of random images to rewire their brain. Subliminal messaging often accesses something deep within you that's already there. It's not rewriting anything. It's like, oh yeah, I could really use that chocolate cake right now. Mm, I could use some chocolate cake right now. (laughs) Not brainwashing, just sort of not so subliminal messaging. (laughs) So there are three major steps in brainwashing somebody. First, of course, is the isolation. We talk about that a lot this month. Isolating them from the familiar, separating the militiaman from the army, Anything that would help ground him to the reality he's known thus far is that first step, isolation. The next step is absolute submission. 
getting the person that they're trying to brainwash to absolutely do everything that the perpetrator wants them to do and tells them to do. And the third step is that system of reward and punishment. Again, you have a perpetrator seeming to be a good guy and you have the bad perpetrator to punish. That reward system is key in making sure that the brain starts to rewire and understand maybe the stove is hot. That's how you teach your brain things. And part of that reward punishment system is to get that absolute submission. The absolute submission doesn't include a rebellious submission or a, okay, I'm only doing this so that you don't hurt me. Eventually, the goal is to make it absolutely submitting because they want to. And the reward punishment plays a big role in making that happen. I feel like that reward part is how a lot of authors fail in the brainwashing of, I'm just going to punish you anyway, even though you're right, isn't this unfair to your character? Yes, it's unfair. It's also incredibly unrealistic. Because if I ask you, hey, do you want a white chocolate macadamia nut cookie? Or do you want to get electrocuted? I'll take the cookie. <laughs> Obey me in whatever this is, and you get a cookie, you don't get electrocuted. The cookie is a vital part of this process. Another thing to keep in mind as you're writing this is it's going to take a lot more time than you think it will. This is kind of where I failed in black and white because it was like over the course of a weekend that she managed to brainwash him. It's not really going to happen where I show you a video and all of a sudden you're going to fight with the Soviets and against the U.S. Take a look at Bucky Barnes. His storyline, it took them like a decade at least to get him started to being the Winter Soldier. One thing that helps in this process is making sure that the perpetrator is someone the victim already trusts, someone that they will already be more willing to follow. Obviously, you don't have to do this, but the process is going to be much faster if it's someone that they trust or if the bad guy is able to convince them to trust them first. So one of my favorite methods is to have a fellow prisoner who disagrees with the perpetrator and agrees with the victim. 90% of the time, but then we'll also agree with the perpetrator 10% of the time. And then as the weeks pass, 15% of the time until the plant has the victim's trust and is able to say, hey, here's the reward system. Here's something that you can depend on. Another thing that is very common in this brainwashing process is, of course, a censoring of the truth. So it's adjusting and fixing what is true. And it still may technically be true, but it's presented in a way that helps the perpetrator's cause. One really common example of this in fiction is the bad guy convincing the hero that their allies have abandoned them. There is evidence to show that, even though the evidence has been manipulated to appear worse than it is. You know, they haven't shown up yet. Well, that's because the villain has trapped them and is creating a major barrier for them to be able to come to the rescue. If you are doing this on a massive scale, this is where propaganda comes into play. This is the Third Reich. And everything they did to basically brainwash a society is that massive amounts of propaganda. And sorry, the 50s has a lot of that too. 
I just look at all the propaganda to control women in like the 50s and 60s, and it is wild. <laughs> One of the biggest keys in this process of brainwashing, especially if you're writing it from the victim's point of view, is the victim loses those abilities to think independently. They need to be given some kind of information before they can come to a conclusion. Of course, the information is faulty, therefore the conclusion is wrong, but they're no longer thinking independently. They're thinking with someone else. They're conversing with someone else. If they no longer trust and believe in themselves, they're going to look to external sources to determine what to actually think, what to believe. I think Winter Soldier actually did this part really well when they were saying, hey, look at me. I know you. You're Bucky. Here's your name, blah, blah, blah. And Bucky turns around and goes, no, you're my mission. Those aren't Bucky's words. That's someone else's words coming out of his mouth. It is always good to remember the perpetrator's end goal in this. What does the perpetrator want out of brainwashing the subject? And it's usually to introduce new and unwanted thoughts and ideas into the victim's mind. In a story that I've been working on for years, the villain is manipulating the main character so that he can use her power in order to achieve his goal in the end. But the only way he can do that is to make her trust him. He can't force her to do it. So he's trying to brainwash her to his side. You also need to take into consideration the victim and how much they know about this process. The military teaches their soldiers how this is done in order to protect them in case they do become prisoners of war. If your character has tried to brainwash someone before, they're going to be less susceptible to it. If your character has listened to this episode before, they're going to be less susceptible to brainwashing. An understanding of how brainwashing works raises your immunity to the process because you're aware, okay, they are trying to isolate me with this. And this helps your soldiers or your characters stand up to brainwashing. Because brainwashing at its core is mind games. It's all about manipulating the mind. And if your mind already knows that it's being manipulated, it's less likely to work. This idea of brainwashing I find to be a very interesting thing to put into a fictional setting, especially because it does give more challenges, especially internal struggles to the characters experiencing it. They do end up having that lack of trust in themselves. They struggle a lot more with their choices and the ability to choose. So it's a very interesting take if you need more internal struggle for your main character. But you have to do it right. You can't just throw them into a situation and say, hey, you're brainwashed now. You need to set it up correctly so that all of these things work. You know, if it is the villain, the villain needs to come up with a way to make the person trust them in some way and have a motivation, a reason why they want to brainwash the hero in the first place. And all of that starts when you write selfishly. If you have a question or comment for our hosts or a topic you'd like us to cover, send us an email at writingroots at aspenhousepublishing.com or find us on Facebook by searching for Aspen House Publishing. 